0: In the other I thought the rapture took place, and I realized that the, the more holy ones I guess, I, I thought that it would, it would not be the rapture, unless <laughs> I was saved. But then I realized there are people working in the areas at the sea, and then it came after the school all the day, so we've done the school, come to Jesus, we've holidays, the next mm-hmm. and then we can say it Nevertheless, we are here this morning, uh, and I've got very nice to read about those certain stocks I've had in, in also, love, the first word from God. And I also want to pray to Amen. I want to read to us this morning from 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us. What is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Father God, the scripture that teaches us, I want to bless this word bless this scripture. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave to us this word. And, and you gave in 2 Timothy 3.16 and you said to us, this word, this book, this scripture, this high thing. Can be utilized for everything in our lives. In Jesus' name. Father God, bless the people this morning with this word that's going to go out. And may they find answers in Jesus' name. Amen. In the last couple of weeks, we ministered around Kingdom Honor and this morning, I for the sake that today we ended. We finished with Kingdom Honor this morning. Uh, it's the last part of the series. Uh, I'm going to speak this morning regarding questions and answers. Uh, what other questions and answers we, you? will find out now. But I've realised that uh, in many of our lives, we, we, we come to church and things happen at church, and things happen in your life at work, maybe. Um, and 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 you sit with questions, but you never receive answers. I've got 12 questions here, and. I'm going to try and give you some guidance on those tough questions uh, regarding your life, regarding church life, regarding your life at work, regarding your life at home, maybe. Um, but wherever you have to deal with, with with leadership in your life, parents, with children, um, maybe I can give you some answers this morning regarding what is happening. Uh, we've, we've discussed in length, I don't know, in mean, which we stood still with with giving honor to the leadership, giving honor to leadership. They missed in store, I think, for two or three weeks on, on the rebellious natures in the, in the kingdom of God. And last week I spoke on uh, your dream. What do you about about what, what was happening regarding your dream? Because we focused so much on, on on the leadership's dream and the leader and the pastor's dream and his vision. What about your dream? And this morning I'm I'm going to end off our series of Kingdom Honor with a couple of questions and I've got 12 questions and I'll put it up and give you the answers and that God will come and Maybe just use my voice this morning but set the answer in your heart for you this morning regarding you. And if you find out that God is speaking to you this morning, uh, make it part of your life. Uh, make the change. Do the adaptation, and carry on and let it stand up once again. Because God has placed so many potential in each and every one of us. But the devil is the one that comes to steal and destroys. And the devil comes with, with, with sly manners and ways of doing certain things. And and you know what, uh, Auntie Marion, a couple of years ago you you sat, I think just around front, oh my was still alive, I was yeah. And I said, What does the devil's voice look like? And you looked at me like that, Auntie Marion, I don't know if you can remember it. And I said, it sounds just like a voice. You know what? Our, our voices, when the devil speaks to us, it sounds like our voices in the new ones. Because it just speaks to us. The voice you want me to use, you use that thing. You. you will even use the language that you decide. You will use that as well. Right. But yeah, there it is this morning. Let's look at a couple of questions. The first question I'm going to deal with or try and give you some answers uh, is the first one. How do I deal with a rebel in the team? How do I deal with a rebel in the team? If there's a rebel in the congregation, if there's a rebel uh, at home, if there's a rebel at work, there are several ways, and I'm going to try and give you biblical ways of the, uh, how to handle these things. First of all, if there's a rebel on the team, it needs to be addressed. Not me, but listen to what I said. The rebel needs to be addressed. Remember people, who it is, it is not the person, and we must not forget that, that it, well, it's not the person, it's the spirit behind this person that makes him or her a rebel. It's, a, it's the spirit behind the, the, the lady of the night that makes her a lady of the night. It's not flesh. and so many times we forget those things and we attack one another in the flesh instead of understanding Where the spirit comes from, because in in, in Ephesians 6, the scripture says, it says, Our fight is not in the flesh, but from spirit and evil things that is in the air. So you can go go study that alone. But first of all, it needs to be addressed. And maybe it's a good thing if you can identify the rebel and and maybe isolate the rebel uh, in an area. Maybe from time to time it might be necessary to remove him off the team for a season or two seasons or three seasons until the rebel comes into place where, where he is or she is doing what is expected of her. Um, many a times a rebellious nature uh, happens uh, in all our lives. All of us as we sit there has somewhere been a rebel. I'm I'm looking at the youngsters in church this this morning and then all three of them. and you know what? She can have the 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 crossing with me or what she wants to call it. But all three of us have been rebellious at one or other stage of their lives, and maybe some of them are still rebellious. Because you know what? We all have been there, and we've all had to adapt, and we've all had to apply uh, changes in our lives to come through. Um, but unfortunately, in many of us, the uh, the rebellious streak didn't end, of, and it came forth. But everybody comes to church, and that's what, or at work, everybody comes to the pastor. Or, or they're up the foreman at work and, and he must have sort out the rebel. People, we all identify rebels in the team. We all see which person is the one who does not want to be uh, following the rules of the team or wants to work with the team. And, and we all can see it inside the team. But then we expect that the pastor must do something about it. And we expect that the, 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 the foreman must do something or we expect the teacher must do something. People, you know what? A rebel listens to the people around him easier than listening to leadership. You understand what I'm saying? uh, uh, He listens to the person next to him rather than the person above him. And this is what I want to give you this morning. If you see somebody with a rebellious attitude, at church, at work, at school, wherever you go, and you go, because it's your duty actually to go and speak to that person. If you are, if you really care for that person, you go speak to you and say to him, oh God, I see this and this and this. I get the family tell for our me. I see this and this and, and with your life. And, and maybe we can do it a different. Way. This is what I say. Maybe we can do it a different way. The moment you 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 approach the rebel, you make yourself available. You cannot just leave him and say, "I want you to sort this and this and this out. Because now it becomes the leader's thing again. Now it becomes a the thing from the top again. But the moment that we as brothers and sisters go to one another and I say, No, no I see this and this happening in your life. Can we not change this and look at this and look at that? A, pe- a person adapts to, to his own people, a rebel adapts to his own people around him, much easier than he will listen to the word that the leader is given. That leave it, leave it as you. and maybe this time from the, that I was come to uh, a girl, and I'm ashamed of, uh, um, the impact of your attitude because that is what it means a rebe- uh, rebellious person is just for an attitude uh, and maybe I was just explaining to her what her attitude does to the rest of the team her, your your attitude impacts the team on this and this and this way and we cannot focus, we don't want to work with you anymore. And you're making everybody negative, and you're breaking everybody down. And maybe she will see that. When it does not further, um, then obviously the leader should jump in. But at the basic ground people, I leave people and they'll sort out one another. And they sort out one another. If it becomes a big thing, then I will come and try and sort it out. But it's time that we keep each other. Responsible for our actions. The scripture, and I'm going to go to the scripture a bit later, um, but it's time that we keep each other responsible for the building of the people. Responsible, I keep you. You said that you will be the drama for the first generation when it when is viable for you to be a, And I keep you at that. I the this morning, or oh, a couple of weeks later, the African-American congregation, a the man inside, and this morning, came and he spoke to, to the to, in the prayer group about it. He got annoyed with me, got cross with me because I spoke to him what he said. But this morning in the prayer group, he only said the pastor that said that and that. And I left him in. And afterwards I said to tell him the whole story. Not that your told story. Tell him that I, you have said you will do it. And afterwards I have spoken to you and told you you will do it. And then when I speak and then all of a sudden they find the whole picture. You see that we start keeping each other accountable and responsible for our actions. If you say to the drummer, then you're the drummer I expect you to be. If you say to the cameraman, I expect you to be here and, and you're the cameraman. If you say you want to be the pastor, I expect you to be the pastor because, and, and so on And so carries on. Because, and, and now we, once we start, we keeping each other accountable for certain things you're going to throw. And I'll come to battle and he's a, he's in her rebel state. And I say, I want to keep you comfortable, this and this and this and this, this. And the moment you say yes, I want you. you, can do that and we can walk together. That that actually says the moment you overstep again, I'm mean, going to be on your position. And you allow me to do those things. The second question when you are not by the way, when do I not ask you a leader? Easy answer. Anybody wants to cry?
1: When do you not ask to obey your pastor?
0: When he tells you to sin. Finish. If your pastor tells you to sin, and, and believe me, there are people who will follow the pastor. Uh, in Proverbs 25, 26, when the lover of God gives in and compromise with wickedness that can be compared to contaminating stream with the sewage or polluting a fountain. He has a pastor who gives the people he says he was going to do certain things but still falls a skillful happy when to go steal a across the road and here you go and you steal it. The, the pastor is held accountable by God but you don't have to listen to it because who is the pastor to tell you to go and steal? Who is the person in leadership to tell you to do sin? Joseph he, he ran away when, when his leadership, Dr. Faust's wife, wanted to have a relationship with him. He ran away. He go to the relationship. That's very good examples, people. If, you're, if you're, your leader wants you to sit, you don't do it. You don't, you don't listen to him. Shana, Bisha, and Abednego. Even at came and he came this the statue. He said, everybody must pray to him. Those three boys said, we're not going to pray to him. They were dumped in the oven, but they were taken out and, 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 and promoted afterwards. But they refused to listen to the leader who wanted them to sin. Because God says to him, do not go lay down in front of another uh, uh, greater uh, great image uh, and pray to another God. I am your only God. And, and that's a sin to go and run to another God now. Daniel, when, he did it, when the king Daniel told him, you do not pray, you only pray to our will be saved. He said, I will not do that. And he opened the windows morning and afternoon and night and he prayed towards Lord, Jesus, God. And he was thrown into the, the night's den. The disciples, when the leadership of the temple came and they said to him, uh, said to them, you're not allowed to, to minister the gospel. They ignored it and they kept on ministering the gospel. Because it's a similar to God. Because the scripture tells us, today it tells us, it says, go and go forth and make disciples and speak the gospel and spread the good news. Seven, second Timothy 3 verse 1 to 5, uh, the whole scripture comes, he says, that, that, uh, and it's pointed towards the pastor, he says, there will be pastors, basically the false, false prophets, who will do certain things and you will allow the people to do certain things. We had a discussion with the pastor, I had this morning, regarding a pastor that, uh, <laughs> on the, in the other side of Becker, who started his own thing, he walked out of his... His denomination, started his own thing. And you know what he actually does? Uh, I've never met him, but I've heard the story about what he does. And the people actually came to me and asked me what they should do. I said, Well, if you don't want to be in the congregation, come down. Because if the people in the congregation keep on sinning, he tells them to go. He does not rectify them, he does not bring them into repentance. That's does not stand by them, he does not work with them, he tells them it's time for you to go. There was a man there that ended up with us, he did not have a driver's license. And the pastor said, Next week if you do not have a driver's license, I don't want you in church. A month later, the guy walks up to church uh, without a driver's license. Um, and the, the pastor found out that he drove there with his vehicle, he called him aside, he said, Are you going to Christ? He, he says, Where's your driver's license? He says, I still did not have it. he said, please do not come back to church. Please do not come back to church. So now this pastor, all of a sudden, he wants to say who was right and who was wrong. Who was doing the right thing, who doing the wrong thing. But but, but the, the story around the guy is, that people when, when my pastor starts telling me things like that, I'm going to start thinking, I'm going to wonder, but is this not the place where I should come for a bit? He says, not the place where I should come when, when, when things go bad. He says, not the place where, where I'm edified. He says, not the place where I get bogged up. He says, not the place where I can get help for my addiction. Maybe. So now the scripture comes and says, be aware of those people. Be aware of the pastor that says, go something do sinful natures. Go, go, be aware of the pastor that says, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to be a to sin. People, this is the place where we Rectify. This is a place where you people do not know that. You don't know that. Um, but we sit with, with people in the congregation from the past, and they study the church of people who have been in our little relationship church relationships. In another congregation, they've been chased out. And we said, no, 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 no. We welcome them back in here. And we take them into repentance. We take a, a uh, the cause of rectification and edifying for them. And today they're all married. And today they're w- with the promise sex. And today they are, have got boyfriends and girlfriends. But they sat down in this place with those things. Amen. So watch out what like the pastor says. Know your scriptures. Know your scriptures. First Corinthians five eleven 11 says But now I am you so that you would exclude from your fellowship. Anyone who calls himself a fellow believer and practices sexual poverty or is consumed with. What's that? Or is consumed with greed or is an idolater like or is verbally abused for a drug Or so, a yeah. Don't bring you with him. there. Or even have a meal. And a buy it off of
1: As you kiss that same for me Stay
0: here. So that scripture comes and he says, we need to identify basically if there's a fellow believer, if there's a pastor, if there's a leader, if it's just a fellow brother and sister, and and they proclaim that they are Christians, they proclaim that they are leaders, they proclaim certain things, but the scripture teaches us, when when they walk in those things, don't walk with them, don't walk with them, leave them, and stop, don't walk with them. Distantiate yourself from that. Question three. What to do under abuse of authority? Now, first of all, I want to say to you, if your authority that you are under are abusive, we need to identify two things. What type of of uh, abusiveness are you going through? The first one is, is physical abuse, which includes sexual immorality, favours from the pastor, favors from the leaders. Uh, those type of things, and we all understand what those are. That is a physical abusive thing that's happening to you. But also if the, if the pastor gets aggravated and he starts um, physically attacking you and, and hurting you, and, and then you know what I'm telling you about, but there's some of you that I don't really want to hit the first one. I just want to hit you over the If it gets physical, i tell you, get out of the relationship. Get out of the relationship with the pastor, get out of the relationship with the husband or your wife. Of course, you do you know how many how many women abuse men in secunda? Women that did they men, their husbands in Get out of the relationship. And that the, I say it today, when, it, when it's a, a physical thing, that we, we, we rather work with the sin of the, the person rather than burying you. Listen. I rather work with the sin of the other person and lead them into repentance of what they are doing than bearing. you. Because like that, things can go get out of hand. And then the second abuse that we go through is emotional abuse. Um, and, and, and Emotional abuse they don't physically attack you, but, but they, they harm you and break you down. And, and up to a stage that you actually feel like a will. If that person comes into your presence you just feel like, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm a dust mite, I'm a, I'm a nothing. When that person at the moment, he or she opens her mouth, everything that they do is just abuse, 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 and tell me how useless I am and how ugly I am and how fat I am and how poor. But no other things happen. For those who follow the, the biblical example that is written to us in Matthew 15, Excuse me, both. Matthew eighteen verse fifteen, where once again I'm gonna use Bella as an example. Um, if she gets annoyed with me, she must love me before we go, because she dies with me. <laughs> so I can use her otherwise then for if Bella has got an issue with me and I'm abusive towards her and I break it down and I, I physically i physically emotionally break it down but, to a place where she's nothing. The Bible says she should come speak to me. She shouldn't run to the pastor or to the mother or to the one. She should come and speak to me. That's what the Bible says. Matthew 18 verse 15 I think to 18. Come speak to me. And if we cannot resolve the problem she, the abusive one, the abused one, should get another person, not a lady to come with her to come speak to and the moment that they, they, they both speak to me and still nothing works out and still I continue with it. they are to charge you before the congregation. Yeah. And then Nama stands up and she says, I spoke unto him, my lady was with me when I spoke to him, I'm bringing him that man to the congregation now. This is what's happening and he starts uh, stopping with his acts. You know what should happen then? The congregation should turn their backs towards me, the one who abuses. The scripture says it that, that easily. Uh, and if he refuses to listen, then share the issue with the entire church in hopes of restoration. If he still refuses to respond sorry. If he still refuses to respond, disregarding the fellowship of his church family, you must disregard him as though he were an outsider on the same level as an unrepented sinner. Then we was ask him to go outside. Until his attitude has changed and his sin, uh he's repented of his sin. Of course the Bible says, treat him as an outsider. And then was asking me then, as a congregation, to go. But the Romans twelve verse sixteen to eighteen says, we must never forget this. Never hold the grudge and try to get even but plan your life around and help this way to benefit others. Do your best to live as the on That's the best way to find it between you and the other person. <coughs> but many of times you change the whole thing around, the moment that, that, that Dala gets a fight with, with me, the first thing they do normally is run to the past and it's go sort it out. The Bible says you go to that person, not to the pastor, not to the elders, to that person, and go so the moment they come to my, my office now and they say our pastor a uh, 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 Pan swore at me over the phone the other day. You know what I do lately, my I pick up the phone, and would it who, did, who swore you? The you? Lizette. Lizette, please come to my office. Present says, them sense, I say, You people have got something to discuss. I get up and I walk out. That's what the Bible says. They must sort out one another. If that doesn't out, they find a second person. But the right thing is, live as we can love one another, and that is the best. Question four. May I correct a pastor? May I correct the pastor. Something that very little of you know that in this congregation I've got somebody that's watching me. And he's been watching me for years. In this congregation, you don't know. I asked Ganny eight years ago to watch me when I'm minister. And when I go to scriptures, Ganny, check Ganny, he takes up, picks up his Bible and he follows where I'm going in scripture. Eight years he's been doing it. I gave him the permission. Why did I give him the permission? Because I can also make a mistake. I can also make a mistake. That's on the, the, church places. That is the, what we need to do. It also keeps one another accountable. It keeps me ministering the true gospel as well. And if you want to, if you want to correct me, you are welcome to come and speak to me. Just make sure of one thing before you come, before you come, that you've got all the facts. Because many of us have got a half effect, uh, like uh, get both into the room. Make sure you've got all the facts, and then you speak further. And then um, don't go to the pastor with the attitude of, I'm going to correct him. Because you might walk out there with a red face and the pastor corrected you. But going there with a, with an attitude of, let's look this thing happen. And maybe it's something he's going to explain to you or you explain to me that one of you never saw that way. And then we walk out there instead and, and then you're going to walk out with a red face. But if the thing was sorted out, both of you won. And both of you can walk forth. And then just for the people, that is corpus and suck that age people, they're much older than us. Uh, The scripture says in 1 Timothy 5one do don't be harsh or verbally abusive to an older man. It is better to appeal to him as a father and as your minister to the younger man in best to encourage him as your dear brothers. People don't and I I, I made a joke of it with the old people Speak with him as a father, the older man. But you know what? It is just like respect if we go to one another and we speak to one another in a proper way. Instead of having this loud voice and trying to throw your toes out the to book And trying to shout at one another. And, and that's not what God wanted. That's not what Jesus wanted. He wants us to walk in harmony. And he knows that there's differences. This was a difference between Jesus and the father. Because Jesus hanged on the cross and he said to the Father, he said, could this cup not go past me? He says, but yet, but yet, your will be done. So Jesus hanged there. He said, no other way. Yet, Father, your will. Not my will. Let your will be done. So let us speak in a manner of of, of not breaking the hell, but holding one another up and edifying the body instead of being the no mature. Point number five, question five. And now, it is really making my treble, tricky after me. I who are we for? 10, 23, 25, six, 10, 23, 25, six, okay. Question number five. What do I do if I do not get food for my soul at church? What do I do if I do not get food for my soul at church? And how I saying say to you this what I are saying in the grin of my face. This basically 95% of the time comes from elderly people. Elderly people will come into the church and they'll say, I do not get food for my soul in church. Then I asked the question. is the was, hier dan. Oh, dat was een penne. Penne, how many times a week do you eat? Of course. How many times do you, you eat food? Alke dag. Every day. And Chris, how many times a week do you eat? You say so, but maybe you're lying because if I look at the two of you, I think you are only eating once a week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's just a question you cannot come to church once a week and expect to be full, expect to have enough food, not to risk, and expect that you can fulfill, fulfill God's plan by only eating once a week. And I'm talking about scripture. Yet you want to come to church and come here and say, I, I need food, but I only eat once a week. You don't do your own Bible study, you do not pray on your own, you do not attend a, 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 a worship session, you do not attend um maybe discipleship school, you do not attend the prayer meeting. The scripture comes in, the scripture says to us that we need to feed ourselves. Hebrews 5, 5 12 says, For you should already be professors in instructing others. By now. by now, by now, by the by the age you are, you are supposed to be instructing others, but now you say, no, you need food. But instead you need to be taught from the beginning, the basis of God's prophetic oracles. You are like children still needing milk, and not yet ready to digest some of food. People, we are supposed to eat at home as well. You cannot only come here and eat on a Sunday and expect you must be full because keep you full, right now to make something. I think that's why they take so much of your stuff out inside of your body just because you only eat once a week. How can everything is this day? So now you're getting thinner and thinner and thinner because you only eat once a week. Well, then you can try to talk, come in the days, cookies, like what You're supposed to eat at home not only at church question 6 what do I do when my spouse does not want me to attend, serve or give to the church I do not understand mm. yeah. what do I do when my spouse does not want me to give, serve or attend church the answer is very easy keep on doing what you're doing keep on doing what you're doing Keep on giving, keep on attending, keep, keep on serving. Because the scripture comes and it teaches us in the Word, not the pastor's word. The Word says, and now let me speak to the wives, be devoted to your own husbands. But remember, if I say wives, it means husbands and wives. It means him and It's
1: not only men and
0: now let me speak to the wise. Be devoted to your harassment, so that even if some of them do not obey the word of God, your kind conduct may win them over without you saying a thing. For when they observe your pure, godly life before God, it will impact them deeply. Let your true beauty come from your inner personality, not the focus on the external. For lasting beauty comes from a gentle and a peaceful spirit, which is precious in God's sight. Much more important than an outward of elaborate hair, jewelry, and fine clothes. Holy women of long ago, when their hopes in God, beautified themselves with lives, lived in dif- indifference to their own husbands. In their own husband's authority. For example, our mother Sarah devoted herself to her husband Abraham, and he would call me master. And you have become our daughters when you do what is right without fear of intimidation. As long as you in turn must treat your wives with tenderness, viewing them as feminine partners who deserve to be honoured, for they are co-heirs with you of the divine race of life, so that nothing will hinder your praise. The answer for the two is wives, if your husband does not want you to take services or serve or to give to the church, you should keep on doing it. Because the scripture says, your kind heart will never. And then he crosses over and he says, Men, men, you need to do certain things. You need to do certain things regarding the feminine in your house, regarding the woman in your house. You need to give her honor and respect. And you need to allow her to do certain things. Otherwise, your praise is going to be ended so, you're there in without answered praise? Look at your way that you treat your wife. The scripture says, if you treat your wife not godly, your praise will be hidden. Question 7. When is honor too much? Easy. When is honor too much? When is honoring your pastor too much? When you honor your pastor more than you honor Jesus. When you honor your pastor more than you honor your wife or your husband. When you honor the pastor more than you honor the household that you are living in. You see, when you honor, all honor should go to Jesus first. And then you can honor your pastor and and the rest of your people at home in a balanced manner. This is what I said. In a balanced manner. Now, balance is equal on that. But the moment you honor your pastor more than you honor your your household, I need you speak you are supposed to honour your household more. It must be balanced. Get a balance between what is happening in your life. How do I build my pastor's ministry? Easy question and answer. James 1 verse 5. And if anyone wants to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity. You scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Have you got my 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 ministry? ask God how to it. I'm not going to walk around the and say, you will cut the lawn and you will do the camera and you will do the sound and you will from time to time fight with the pastor and you will soon see that the place is deep. I don't do that. It's not by drinking. Because God comes and he supplies to us certain things in our lives that we need to do in the kingdom. And if you want to really build your pastor's ministry, go ask God what you should do. And he will reveal it unto the pastor and unto you. And if you're in the right place with the pastor and if I say in the right place, I'm in a relationship, then he's going to you to do certain things. But don't come to me and say, uh, the uh, the God told me that I was minister uh, on Sunday morning so that you can have a break. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Because I'm not going to share my group with you unless you've started right at the bottom. You've been at the bottom, you've done your atmosphere, you've cleaned up bathrooms. Understand what I'm saying? you stood in the heart. The first time that, that, that you are gonna stand here is when I've seen your servant oh, and then I will know to, that these things. These people that's been in this congregation for longer than I've been here I've been here, I mean my mind here. At the moment. Um, for for longer than I've been, and I only get onto the corporate next month for the first time in the months. Except for the day they study in front of me, I said for too so long, what's the other versus except for that day. So first have to have to know certain things. How do I prevent burnout? First of all, if you're part of the leadership where I'm the pastor, I can guarantee you. I'm, I'm checking over you. And they sit here, the, the culprits also sitting here. I expect, The I've just been with you for all nine years, for part of my years, eight years, plus um, he knows that I expect of the leaders to take a break from the Bible. He knows it, and it's still happening. She does not want to listen. She does not want to obey. She doesn't want to obey. I okay. want to talk about It's a fact. It's a fact. I insist on the leaders to take a break once in two months that they just don't come to church. Just take a break if you don't. But don't come to church. First of all, this pastor allows the people, many of the people, I don't even have to say, stay I just stay about many, so, some of the people I was asked to come to church because they could permanently totally be on the break. Um, but uh, let's get back to the, the, the burnout. Um, you see, God comes in he, he the Hebrew last verse, and He says, God is a consuming fire. God is a consuming fire. If you come to a consuming fire, how close can you come to a dead burnt It depends on person to person. If a frontier in the I've been a pastor and I know, take a piece of toilet paper and you try and throw it into the fire. And you see that toilet paper up. Like, it never reaches the fire. It just up. Like, before it hits the fire, it, the toilet paper has been consumed. And how far can you get to the consuming fire before it burns? If you are burnout because you're not close to God. God is the one who will set you alive. God is the one who will keep you burning. God is the one who's not going to allow about the fire to go out. But many of us think that we do godly things, if we do godly things, it is okay. Godly things is a religion, that's not a relationship. Many of us think if we if I'm in the band, if I'm in the prayer room, if I'm clean the kitchen if I wash the dishes if I do all these things uh, I, I'm holy. no you're not you're busy cleaning yourself up. there's no God there you're busy with the things of God but you're not busy with the God of the things you're not busy with God you don't need close enough time to God so that he can send you further, a light to him question 10 what if I disagree with the pastor Go speak to him. Go so speak to him. It's not to say that if you come speak to me that I'm going to agree what you say. That does not mean it, but maybe they are very if they want to be the disagreement, but if you disagree, then speak about it. Unless you're going to sit in the church for like 19 years and, and is going to happen because you disagree. But if there's a disagreement, speak. And once again, you have been a matter of of edifying, the body must be Go and find a solution for the disagreement. But go with respect and with honor when we treat one another, when we speak to one another. Remember, God honors honor. God honors honor. The, the question I've got there is do you deserve to go speak to the pastor? Or you're the one that's never at church and the moment that one day you see something now you disagree and you still want your, your thing to be said. you cannot stay out of church for a quarter of the year and all of a sudden you expect to become something. You're out of church for a quarter of the year and, and afterwards you still expect you, that your disagreement must be heard and we must not like what you're saying. So have you heard? The, 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 the place of, of going to speak to the pastor regarding your, your discipline. Question 11. What if my pastor doesn't allow me to lift out my ministry? And I'm saying it openly, and I've said it in the Bethel congregation this morning, if you've got that Because the last eight and a half years, or a couple of months, I have many a time said, Come, there is sea where we can visit you. Come, there is sea where we can interrupt you. And I don't think that people have got to do um, that regarding those things. But if there are people who think that their ministry is not being built, come and speak to me. I will tell you why it's not. And unfortunately, not unfortunately, uh, Then they know me. I'm quite and straightforward. I'll, I'll say to you why you're ministering. If there is, I'm not being bold. But then make, I want to ask you something. The moment I tell you something, accept the truth and start working towards your ministering being bold. Because maybe there's something that you are doing that is not in place and that's why you want to utilize it. Like I may, and you never have a chance that you expect me to, to put you in the band. You never gather, but when, we, when, when we've got a big sermon or a pastor from outside coming, and all of a sudden you want to be in the band. It's not going to work with me. It's not going to work. It's your ministry. You need to work at your ministry. I don't work your ministry. You work your ministry. I only allow you to do your ministry in my ministry. But then you must apply yourself. And do the right thing. I'm finishing off with question twelve. What do I do when I feel I miss my calling? Many of us, many of us, he said. Yeah, yeah, we were so about this. I said, I believe God wants you to go through. He says, Oh, I can solve you. Don't freak out, I can stand out for that. God's not using. God's not used to Many of us should have to wake up all late in our lives that God is calling us to come and do something for him in his kingdom. Many of it's happened. I've been a manager at Angel for how many years. I've been a technician for how many years? I've done those things, and all of a sudden, at the age 30, I just dis- discover that I think there's something different. I think I've missed the calling. Go read uh, the book of Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is, is the chapter in the Bible with all the, the, the faith stories and all the faith successes. Not faith, faith. And then you look at those people there and you start looking at your story again. In Job 2 25, the scripture says, the Lord says, I will give you back what you lost in the soul to the soul of I will give you back something trickier. I will give you back what was lost. Just come so that the morning can start. Just come so that the can stop. Whatever was i will give it back to you, says God. Proverbs six thirty one, and that's the last one. But if you score, you still to pay back my sinful. what is and sevenfold. What the devil has stolen from you? i switch switching off. What the devil has stolen from you. The Bible says when he spoke out, he must give it back. You must give it back sevenfold. What is our prophecy from, from God? That seven seven congregations. In the I, was, I realized that God wants to use me when I age 30. 33. And then I started working and all of a sudden God says, that was stolen for you, but I'm going to give it back sevenfold.
1: One thing was,
0: was stolen for you, I'm going to give it back to you sevenfold. What is there for you people where the devil has stolen from you and he wants to give it back sevenfold? And all of a sudden we all think of, I get the boss on the floor, I can the mice on the floor, I the come on the floor and all those things. And that's what God is saying. God is saying, what have you lost in your life? As a person, I want to give it back to you. Sevenfold. There's a big person here this morning who thought that they are too old. It's too late in their lives to do something for Jesus. It's not too late. The devil stole from me. yes, we agree. But it's not necessary to carry on with the progress of the devil he Come to God and will give back you all these in your life, in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you that I can minister to the Maybe, Father, people received some answers today, whether it was not their questions that they gave, but just questions, God. But I believe that many of us might have received answers this morning in the and there in our lives. God, I bless these people that you have today. Uh, open up your barn now. Open up the windows of your barn, God. And shower the people with your blessings. In Jesus' name. And as you move out of this place today, God, may they all walk out with the blessing of God and in faith, and let them grow without planted in Jesus' name. Amen.